0: that's about the wrong thing to tell me yeah there's 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 a thing called a phone number and you text you actually whether you know it or not you actually text that number when you text so if if you just hit phone instead of text uh, as you can tell I really hate texting uh, I do it from time to time myself but uh, if I got an opportunity to just talk to you I would take your Bibles go to Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1 4 or 1 4 it's Ephesians 4:17. I'm going to be looking at something for the next uh, couple of nights. Wednesday night, night, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Ephesians 4. Uh, we just come through a great revival. Uh, a lot of things were said that were hard. Uh, that Wednesday night message I thought was excellent. Uh, uh, There's so much stuff that people are going through now in life. Uh, the hardness of, of, of things going on, and the, and the ability to comprehend what is all being said, and then to process that data, uh, there's there's something you need to realize. And, and uh, so let's just it. Ephesians 4, 17. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I pray that you'd bless the reading of the word, that you'd bless the, the service tonight, Lord, in this uh, Bible study as we go through it. And Father, again, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for just letting us have a church to come to. On a Wednesday night, Lord, uh, if You hadn't have done what You had done over the years, this place wouldn't even be here, and uh, Lord, but it is, and it's all because of what You've done, and and You put in the hearts of people to to see it forward and, and do the things that need to be done, and Lord, uh, there's just no way we could ever thank You enough, Lord, for what You've given us, uh, Lord, help us to always appreciate it, never forget it, know that our adversary is always out there trying to stop what we're doing, uh, Lord, uh, uh, bless now, and we'll praise You now in Jesus' name, Amen. Four seventeen. Ephesians four seventeen. he starts, Paul starts talking here. He says, therefore, I say, he says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of, your, of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work uh, all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not uh, so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught about him, that uh, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which is after God, uh, which after God is created in the righteousness and true holiness. Uh, wherefore put away lying, speaking every man truth. Uh, with his neighbor for we are our members one of another be be angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil father thank you for your blessings again tonight Uh, bless the message and we'll praise you in jesus name amen you may be seated dr peacock did a lot of preaching this week uh typical typical of his type of preaching it's not typical of the average preacher out there preaching Uh, they won't touch the stuff that that he hit last week uh, and really, you'd almost have to sit there and listen to stuff over and over and over and over again to really uh, gather the depth of what he was preaching about. But uh, Christianity is life. It is life. It's nothing but life. Uh, when I chose, I was going down a path. Take your Bibles go over to, uh, real quick to Job. Job chapter, I think it's 28. Proverbs, Psalms, backwards. You ought to be able to, you know, your Bible's written backwards, so you ought to be able to go backwards to it. Uh, Job 28, verse 1. Uh, Job is sitting here, and he's in trials and tribulations and hurting and, and lost everything he had. And, and he goes, surely there is a vein uh, for the silver and a place for gold where they find it. And, and that's the true thing. If you want to go gold hunting, uh, you go look where gold's, you think gold's at. And you keep searching and searching and searching and searching and searching and searching and searching. And somehow we think Christianity is just not that way, that we should get it. It's in a bottle. It's in a pill, and that's all we need. And we just take it, and, and oh, look, we're here. And we're with Joel Osteen. And, and uh, all them other people out there that just says, everything's going to be happening to you nice today. He says, iron is taken out of the earth, and brass is molten out of the stone. Go down to verse 7. He says, there is a path which no fowler knoweth, and which the vultures eye had not seen. The lion's whelp have not uh, trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He overturneth the mountain uh, by the roots. He cutteth out the rivers among the rocks. And his eyes seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing. And the thing that is, is hid bringeth he forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? I had an old preacher one time. Uh, a good man, if I mention him, everybody know who he is. Or a lot of people know who he is. Uh, he asked me, he grabbed hold of my hand, wouldn't let it go. And he, he hit me with this stuff. And he gave me a book and asked me to read it, which I never did. Uh, But I got the, I got the premise of what he was saying. There's, there's a path uh, that, that if you don't get in that path and stay in that path and follow down that path, you're going to get veered off onto one place or another. I was talking to a bunch of people, man, over the last month or so. uh, And I've got some people mad at me and that's okay. I don't really even care anymore. Uh, What I found out is people will, 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 Pull on you and pull on you and pull on you to get you to go their way or to, to see their path that they're on. And brethren, I'm sorry, I don't want to be on their path. I've got a path I need to be down. So do you. There's a path you need to be. And sometimes to stay on that path is tough because everybody is going to find a way to get you off of it. And they're going to emotionally start attacking you to do that. He says, neither, neither, back in Ephesians, maybe I should calm down, take a deep breath. Okay, let's go again. No. Uh, 27, Ephesians 4 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Do you know that you can easily give place to the devil? Uh, we, we think he's not He's real. He's real. And what we do opens the door. The title of my message is Making No Place for the Devil. You know, a lot of us make place for the devil in what we do? We invite him into our lives. And then we wonder why our life is all screwed up because we invited him in. Uh, it was, oh, wait a minute. I'm saved. Of course you're saved. I'm saved too. I got saved in 1980 on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky. But boy, I tell you what, there's a thousand different ways you can invite him into your life. Ephesians 6, there's a path. I'm telling you, brother, there's a path to be on and it's, it is tough to stay on that path. It's hard. It's work. Uh, if you're going to find wisdom and understanding that comes from God, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The only way you're ever going to find that is to find God. It's to find Lord Jesus Christ. You can't find it any other way. And once you find it, the only way to keep that is to stay in his path, not in somebody else's. Everybody has a path. They want you to go down their path. They want you to do this. Uh, You know, if you're going to be, uh, oh, man, here we go. If you want to find the right way, you know what you do? You get in that path. And then you start doing the right thing according to that path. Not what the world says. The devil will send all kinds of people around you to tell you what you should do. You say, well, Mike, are you full of the devil, too? probably sometimes. But you know what you have? You have a Bible sitting in your, in your lap that tells you exactly what to do. Ephesians 6.12. Run over to Ephesians 6.12 real quick. We've heard these verses. You've heard people preach these messages a thousand times on this stuff. It says, for we wrestle not. Uh, go back to 11. I should go back to Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, <laughs> go back to verse 10. Finally, my brethren, I know when to quit. I can quit this any time. It started up some other time. Uh, Put on the whole armor of God. uh, Go verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's giving you, this is Pauline, apostle. This is Apostle Paul. He's telling us what to do. He said, put on, he says, be be, uh, strong in the Lord, not just um, mealy mouth, weak uh, toast. I don't listen to all the other trash out there. I've got a Bible. Uh, it says over in Romans chapter 3 that the oracles were given unto the Jew. I've got a Jewish Bible. That's the Bible I'm going to use. I'm not going to use a Babylonian Bible. I'm not going to use a, an Egyptian Bible or Egyptian book. I'm going to use the Bible, the Word of God. The Word of God is what's going to guide and direct me. About two weeks ago, God, I don't know, it was just before the revival, guy came in here. And he came in here with a Bible under his arm, just like this. And he goes, oh, brother, I'd like to talk to you. And, I, and he came here once before. Everybody does that. They come once before and they leave, but then they're going to come back and teach us something. Uh, I'm like, okay, teach me. And he starts getting this garbage and and he hits the Bible, and he hits a couple verses that he takes way out of context. And then he starts saying he's the son of man, and he's this, and he's that, and that he, these people told him to tell him all this stuff. And, and, and he's here to share that with us, to give us more perfect understanding and a way to go, and I ran him out of the church. I walked into the door as I was yelling and screaming at him to get out of my church. Now, I don't know about you. You may calmly say, devil, would you please leave? I would really appreciate if you'd leave. But if you see what he does to people's lives, brethren, sometimes we do things and in, in the, in the devil's in us doing it. And we do that to other people. And we cause other people to fall and get hurt because of the stupid things we do. That we've never, it says, uh, we never consider our own, our own ways. And since we don't, the devil uses us to attack somebody else in, in the way we do things, which is wrong, completely wrong. Ephesians 6, 12 says, uh, back to 10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's real. He's a real entity that's really out there, that's really there to mess you up. And if you're not on that path, thinking about that path, man, that brother that day gave me that book. He grabbed hold of my hand. He wouldn't let go. I'm like, let go, let go. Oh, he had these little piercing eyeballs at you, man, and he, he's trying to act all super spiritual. And I know he's just as carnal as the day is long now. He's, he's a pretty spiritual guy. But I, I mean, I'm sitting there getting, getting, trying to get away from him because I'm not that spiritual yet. <laughs> Give me a break. Let me have some time to breathe, okay? And whenever you grab hold of my hand and pull me, trying to pull me in the car, I'm like, first of all, I think, who knows what I think. But I know who he is. And I know what he's trying to do. And he's trying to tell me, he said, Mike, there's more to it than what you think. There's more to Christianity than what you think. Uh, This life will pull you out and you'll start your day. And all of a sudden it'll go bad. That verse right here I read, it it says, let not the sun go down. He says, uh, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I just mentioned that to a young lady here a few months ago. You know, the the best thing you can do is just sometimes just let that stuff go. It's not worth it. People will tell you. Is there One thing I hate more than anything else is somebody who's not even acting like a Christian, trying to tell a Christian how to live a Christian life. Are you stupid or what? And they'll try everything in the whole wide world to tell you what to do and put the guilt on you to do what you're supposed to do. Fooly on them, man. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I got one life to live. And that's it. I got one. And I'm going to go through this thing. I'm. Oh, yeah, by the way, y'all pray for me. Me and Beth, Beth has got off on one of these kicks. And she wants to lose some weight. So she somehow drew me into this thing. And uh, so we called today, and I'm going to lose some weight. Uh, I got 20 weeks, and I'm going to lose 60 pounds. It's going to be gone. Uh, the lady asked me, she goes, she started on um, this kind of fat and that kind of fat and this other kind of fat and all this other fat and this thing uh, and what it does to you and this. And I said, look, ma'am, I said, I don't really care. I said, I'm goal-oriented. I, I, you said 20 weeks, and at the end of 20 weeks, I said, and she goes, you know you got to quit eating fruit. I said, I'll throw everything out the window. I said, it's like a six-month med cruise, but I only got to do five months. I said, you're only telling me i got to do 20 weeks and I can be down to 60 pounds, uh, 60 pounds lighter than what I am. She goes, yes. I said, look, I'm a tech. I got a book, and the book tells me what to do, and I just do what the book tells me what to do. You tell me what the problem is. I'm fat. Got it. I can see that. I look at the book. The book says you're fat. Got it. Got it. Now, I need to fix that fat problem. I don't need to know everything about all the, I don't care about this kind of fat, that kind of fat, the kind of fat around your organs, and sometimes it does this, it does that, and this, and that. She said, you might have to quit oranges. Good. I'll throw them out the window. None of this. I said, Look, I'm not eating red beets and liver. Forget it. (laughs) She said, You don't have to eat that. I said, Fine. I said, Anything else? I said, At the end of 20 weeks, I expect to be 60 pounds lighter. She gave me a price on the project, and I'm like, Wow, man. I said, But then I thought, I said, You know, every time, see, you got to be going, you got to get on a path, you got to be serious about what you're going to do. I could go out and buy new suits and keep buying new suits, and Beth keeps putting my other suits in the closet. I got enough clothes to last me the rest of my life. Do you realize I'm going to have to get a big old casket if I don't get any smaller? (laughs) It's going to cost me way too much money. brother. what happens is, what I'm trying to say is, we get down a path, and little by little, we get off to the side. 1994, I was 228 pounds. I am now right at 280 that's only two pounds a year over the last 30 years. That's not that much. But yeah, it's still enough that we now my legs are starting to hurt, my back's starting to hurt and everything else. You know what sin does to you? It'll mess you up. It'll get you out there. And pretty soon you'll start hurting not only yourself, but others around you. And, and you're, you got to get away from it. So Ephesians, he says, for, uh, he says, put on the whole armor, God. We said that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All through your Bible, getting saved is just the start. All God did, all the Lord Jesus Christ did, the Holy Spirit did, he convicted you of sin and of righteousness and showed you that you had a need of salvation, and you got it. But that's that's not the end game. The end game now, the devil wants to shut you down. And what we don't realize is this world that we're living in has so much garbage out there, just like, like this thing right here, this stupid phone. I'm going to get it. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how bad that thing is. It's okay. You can say, well, Mike, you got one. Yeah, I'm a communications tech, and I can use it. And I got preachers mad at me because I don't answer their phone. And some of y'all are on the A-list. And I actually pick. Jerry thinks he's on the A-list now because I answer his phone every now and then. <laughs> he's not really on the A-list. He just had some stuff I wanted, and, and that puts him on the A-list until I get done with him. And then he can go back on the C-list or something. Uh, <laughs> Beth is on the A-list. Uh, there's a few, few people on the A-list. But I'm telling you what, sometimes I don't even have this thing in my hand. It's somewhere far, far away from me. I don't care. I, most of y'all couldn't put the thing down. You're sucked into it. You're, you're attached to it. It's hooked to your hip, man. You can't walk in. It's like he's got one of those street things on. Whee, whee. Comes right back, man. You, you sit there and, and, and you're doing this while you're, while you're trying to talk to somebody else. That's why people have wrecks. They have these signs, put your cell phone away. You missed that because you're on your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Now, brother, I'm telling you, man, you're in a world that is totally different than when Paul wrote this thing. A young person does not even understand the complexities. Man, they used to have the cell phones used to have an antenna on your roof and a box this big in the back. They had to take one of your back seats out to put the box in. And then you had this cell phone. I remember Beth had this cell phone one time, this big man, and she dropped it in some cheese, some of those nacho cheese stuff, and, and it was durable, man. I mean, she cleaned it off, and it still worked. She loved that phone. She didn't want to get rid of it to get a flip phone. We have come so far, baby, from that flip phone, you can't even imagine. And now you got everything in the world, and, and the devil, all he has to do is catch your eye on something, and away you go. You say, oh, no, not me. Well, if you don't, you're a saint, because that catches me, man. I go to the the stupid PC to do something that I need to do, and the next thing I know, I'm like, what did I come here for? I know I come here for something. And I have to stop and back away. I'm like, I came here for something. What did I come here? And most of the time, probably 50% of the time, I walk away, and I don't even know why I was there. I had a good reason to be there. And then a day or two later, I'm like, oh, that's what I was there for. And then I'll go back and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. And for, uh, maybe it's my Alzheimer's. Maybe I'm getting short-term memory. I have no idea. But I know that thing, this thing will tear your life up and you won't even see it. And you let precious moments go by of your life that, that you could be learning some things. Places. The fight is much higher than we, we think. This is just all precursor to the stuff. It's way, way higher than what you think it is. You're fighting against unseen foes. You you may not even think you're fighting that fight. That's where the sadness comes in. Because we get so duped that we don't even realize it. Everything he said last week, uh, when he got to a place where people were ready to kill him, so he mentioned that he, as he was preaching that sermon, he got done and he got home and the phone rang. And he goes, there's a guy in my church, he's getting ready to do exactly what I was preaching about He said, Preacher, that message was for me. He was watching. I was getting ready to take our stuff offline because I hate to listen to me. And only put on, but but you know what? There was somebody out there watching it and called him and said, Brother, I'm sure glad you preached that message. I had four or five people in here come up and tell me, brother, and that's just the four or five that I talked to. I didn't talk to everybody. They said, that was a good message. I needed that. You know what the devil will do? He'll convince you that you're worthless and that you're no good. And then that you're, oh, man, I better watch what I'm doing. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Romans, go to Romans 6.13. We're going to look at some verses. I'll shut up here in a couple minutes. I can start this thing back up again. Uh, We need to be conscious about what we're in here. Uh, We're in a battle. Uh, This thing going on in the Ukraine and Russia, uh, it could turn into World War III. Uh, Zelensky says World War III has already started. Okay, so what? I don't really care. Uh, we've been through World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, Persian Gulf War, Persian Gulf II War. Uh, me and my wife's got in war battle stuff. So, I mean, I've been in war my whole life. Me and my dad used to be in war all the time. I mean, the last time me and him got in war, I picked him up. And I don't even know where I got the strength, but I grabbed one. He got me so mad that he was, he was getting ready. Now, this is a good dad, man. He's a great dad. He grabbed my long-haired hippie head. My hair was longer than yours, sis. He grabbed my long hair and hit head, and he was going to smash his knee into my big fat nose. And I just didn't think I would appreciate that. And uh, I had a sixteen ounce Pepsi bottle in my hand, cold, one of the big old glass ones. And I'm not proud of this at all. It just—that's what happens when you get away from God. I'm sitting there and I'm down like this, and I can see his knee. And my dad would do exactly what he's getting ready to do. I've watched him do stuff like that before. When he gets into a mood, he's not going to hesitate. He's going to do it. And somehow I reached up and grabbed him right about the collar. And the next thing I know, I got him up on the wall. And I done flipped that bottle over. And I'm getting ready to hit him across his head with that bottle. And he goes, boy, 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 you better remember I got a bad back. I said, you didn't care about my face about a minute ago. (laughs) You say, what is that? That's just the devil getting in between a father and son. I bet you if I asked my dad, you know, the, doll, the devil's right in the middle of this. He said, no, we ain't. Boy, you're just rebellious. You should let me hit you in the face with my knee. <laughs> That's, what he said. That's what his dad would have done. Maybe my dad was, was very obedient let his dad beat him. I don't know, man. I walked out of that house, and I left, and I started thinking, and the next thing you know, a couple years later, I'm end up, I end up saved, man. And, I, and my dad found out he's saved. Verse 6, Romans 6.13. Brother, we're in a real battle, and this thing is, is, is real, and if this stuff that's going on in the world is just all distractions to get you off of it. Uh, world War III could start, and they could call up every young man in here. As a matter of fact, they could call us old fat ones up too. Uh, I was told at the, the Air Force place, if I can get two rounds off, I'm good uh, before I get shot. That's, that was their qualifications for me to get back in the military. Uh, if you can get two rounds, off, bam, bam, and then you, that's your last one. If you can hit two of them before they hit you, you take out two to one, that's a good shot, and they're, they're ready to put your gun in your hand and send you back over there. Uh, you know what I'd do? I'd go over there. I'd have a Bible under my arm or in my pocket. I'd have some chick tracks, and I'd tell people about Jesus Christ until I can't tell them no more. You say, why? Because that's just the way it is. I wouldn't worry about it. The, and you know what? Worrying about it, it may never happen. Uh, you worry you Worry about it. This whole world wants you to worry about it. Take it about moment by moment by moment. And if you keep that relationship with Jesus Christ and, and worry about staying on that path more than anything else in your life, that's all I've done for 43 years is try to stay on that path. I started leaving the city of destruction. That's the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That's a pilgrim's progress, by the way. I left the world. I left that thing. And, and for 43 years, I've been headed to the celestial city and you know what I found out is sometimes I'll get off the path and I'm over this side, over that side, over this side, and I have to get back on. But I've always kept that thing in sight. You know what? You can see the celestial city from over here. And if you get off the path, you can see the celestial city from over here. You know what's wrong with most of us is we take our minds off of heaven. Yeah. That's where you're headed. The devil wants to get your mind off of that if he can. Romans 6.13. These are all Pauline passages, by the way. "Neither yield ye your members. That's the stuff right here. Now, brother, I'm saved. You could take my salvation away from me if you wanted to. I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved." My soul is secure. My spirit is alive and well. And one of these days, the Lord's going to get me out here in 1 John. All I have to do is confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me my sins and get my flesh all cleaned up again. But my soul is sinless. And one day it's going to end up in heaven with Jesus Christ and we're going to be done. He says, but neither yield ye your members. You know what we do a lot of times? The devil comes in and gets you to yield this thing to him. Watch this. Paul, this is Paul. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God. Do you ever consider what sin is? I was teaching that class Thursday night, and uh, uh, Angela come up to Sarah, and she started reading. Man, in the middle of the class, they're sitting there reading this book, and I can see Angela's face. She's just distraught. Her whole world is falling apart. (laughs) And Angela, she'll keep you here to like 12 o'clock at night asking questions one way after the other. It's getting better now. We're only here to like 1130. But it, I, I, hopefully we're going to get here to where we're out of class. When class is over, we can leave. But you know what? She she was worried about everything. She goes, everything I do is sin. Everything is sin. Sin, sin, sin. And uh, Sarah's like, yeah, look right here, Dr. Rose. Look, everything is sin. Boy, she's just like she, feeding, stoking it, man, stoking it. And I had just went through some stuff. I, I don't know if I got it or not. I may have it. I may not. If I don't. I don't know. That's Genesis. Y'all don't want to do Genesis. So I'll stay away from that. But Dr. Ruttman has in his Romans book, chapter two, five, five questions or five statements that you can apply to what you think is sin. And it'll tell you whether that's sin for you or not. She goes, I'm going to memorize all those. She come in Sunday. She goes, she goes, that really helped me. She goes, and she's at peace. You know what it is? It's that you're on a path, and and walking down this path, the devil will try to throw all this stuff in, and each one of us has an old life, an old man back there somewhere that's different than the next one. Your experiences are nowhere near mine, and you couldn't live my experiences if you wanted to because God run me through them. He allowed me to go through those things. I hear people say, well, couldn't he have stopped? Yeah, he could have, but you know what? I wouldn't have valued that path. You know what's wrong with most of us is we don't value that path. I remember the first four years I was saved, my life was in turmoil, man. I was, I was scattered all over the place. I had no idea what to do. Lord said, do right. I like Bob Jones Sr., man. He said the, the two shortest words, littlest words in the English language is do right. Just do right. He said, what is do right according to what God says? Not what the world says, what God says. Not what I think, what God says. Put what I think out the window, do what God says. And what's changed my life more than anything else was the day I walked into that room with that NIS agent. And I knew that my entire life, all the way back since I was born, and probably before I was born, is going to be brought up, and I'm going to, I need a top-secret clearance, and that's what I need. And there is no way out of that. I've got to get that clearance. And if I tell him what I did, I'm going to lose everything. The Lord said, oh, you think so? Okay, so what if you do? What does it matter? You still clean the slate. And I'm like, okay. Two weeks prior to that, man, all I did was sweat. I sweat bullets. You know why I still had a New American Standard at the time? I didn't have a King James Bible. I had a New American Standard. I wasn't in a, a Bible-believing, independent, fundamental King James Bible church. I was just talking to God. My wife was so screwed up, I didn't know how to screw it up. You know what he's doing? He was getting me on a path. And he said, Mike, there's some things you got to take care of on this path. You got, Otherwise, you're going to scoot out to the other side over here. You know what we don't want to do is take care of what needs to be taken care of. The right way, the right way. There's a right way. I don't care one thing about what goes on on this planet. I care about what God thinks. And I can think my way out of a thousand different things, but you're not going to think yourself out of that when he corners you in a box. So I go in there and tell the guy. I start spilling my gut. It took me about two hours to do it, two and a half hours, something like that, forever. I don't know. It could have been five minutes. It seemed to me like it was two or three hours. And he had his dark rim glasses on. <laughs> he looked like Dr. Peacock. Mustache. Stoic. A lot younger, though. Not not quite that, not nowhere near that old. Uh, <laughs> he looked like he could beat you up, is what he looked like he could do. He looked like just a, I mean, just looked like an FBI agent that's just going to chew you up and spit you out. And the whole time, man, them guys are trained to keep their face stoic. And he's not even writing nothing down. And I'm sitting there going, man, and he, and at least I don't think he is, because I'm not paying a whole lot. Of t- he could have wrote everything down. He may have tape recorder, taping it all. I don't know what he did. But I got done, I'm like... You know, I had a load lifted off of me right there when I got done. Before he said one word, I did what God told me to do, and I was done. Now the outcome is in God's hands, and I'm going to let him have it. I didn't understand all that stuff. I just knew that what I did was wrong. And everything I did back there was wrong. And I I had to get that thing right with God. That's where I had to get it right. He said, you know where you're going to get that thing right? It's right in front of an NIS agent. Yeah. (laughs) The Lord knows exactly where to put you. You know what I did? I told a guy, and he goes, he gets up, he takes his glasses off, and he starts busting out laughing in my face. Now, when you're laughing in my face, I think you're going to throw me in jail. I've got you now. I've got all the goods. He goes, Mike, Petty Officer Elliott. He goes, I have, he goes I've been doing this for years. I've never heard anybody tell me the truth like you just told me. Nobody tell. He said, we're going to find all this stuff out anyways. Yeah. I had my clearance in six to eight weeks, and I was stationed. I was the only E-5 station duty officer at NASA Compact Northwest. Ever. Ever. That's the biggest satellite station in the military is sitting at North, Northwest Virginia where I was at. And I was the only E-5 station duty officer for two years while I was there. That's what I did. Balovich would not. You know why? Because I did what was right. I had no idea that was going to come out. There's no way you could do that. You know what the devil wants you to think is that, that you're done and you're finished and your problems are too big and I God can't handle them. You know what God's going to tell you? is I can Neither yield your members. When we, when we refuse to do what God says do, you're yielding your members to Satan. You're inviting him in. Tyler's title of this message is, make no place for the devil. It is better to have nothing and God than have everything and not. I would rather have God than everything on this planet. Guess what? It's his anyways. (laughs) Just let you know that. Neither yield you your members. That's why you read your Bible. It's just an amazing thing. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. That's what we are. My soul was, my spirit came back to life. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. I got saved. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under grace, God forbid, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or to obedience unto righteousness. You know, if you yield yourself to Satan, that's who got you. You say, well, I'm saved. I didn't say anything about salvation. I said, your life, your members, your flesh. If you're going to yield, I told Bethlehem, I said, I think... I'm getting more and more. Maybe I can do it in the morning. I'm going to throw my sinking TV out the window. Actually, I'm going to throw it in the back of my trailer and smash it. And I'm going to take the one in the garage and smash it too. And then I'm liable to come to your house and smash yours. <laughs> no, I won't do that. That's yours. You're going to, have to deal with that one yourself. But he goes, "You're that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey." I started thinking about that thing and said, Lord, you know, a lot of times I have a build, I've, I've yielded myself. This flesh yields itself. So when I go out, if I'm going down a path and I'm looking down, I keep thinking about uh, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? WWJD, that bracelet, uh, in his steps is the name of the book. But uh, that guy, when he wrote that thing, uh, only four or five, six, seven people in the church actually. Listen to that old preacher. That preacher had lived his life just like everybody else and he tried to get people to come to church and just be nice to him and, and have them come to church so that you can have a big church. And, and all of a sudden when that guy died, that shook him up, man. I mean, it shook him up bad. Right there in front of him, man, the guy falls down. He didn't die of tuberculosis, I think. And then uh, he's had a good heart and he's, he, they picked the, kid, the guy up and took him to his house and that guy was a good hard worker. That guy just fell into a hard time and, and everything started going bad wrong with him. And he, he's trying to find a job. He rode a train into town like a hobo would. So they thought he was a hobo, but he god wasn't. He was a printer. Everything just was falling apart for him and he got tuberculosis and he fell down the last couple of days, the couple of days later in that preacher's house that man died and before he died that preacher got under conviction. Uh, good God-fearing conviction, and he said, "Man, I got to change some things." And he started preaching some messages, and nobody liked what he preached because it's going to get them to God. They don't want to be to God. Most people don't want nothing to do with God. Tell me something nice that I can. You know, what's what I realized here, ladies. There's people that you're going to suck you dry, but they don't care one thing about God. But boy, they're going to get mad when you back away because all of a sudden they think they are godly. They're not godly at all. Nowhere near godly, and we foolish Christians, me number one. I'm Paul said he is the chief of sinners. I'm the chief of being an idiot. Uh, We sit there and we do stuff for people that are waste. They're taking your valuable time. You know what that is? That's Satan. He's taking your time that you could be using for something else toward God on that path. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed rightly dividing are you studying your bible like you should or do you have a prayer life like you should i'm not asking for any show of hands i know i don't do you you know what'll happen is satan will bring stuff in our lives so easy and he'll get to us on an emotional level ladies you are the worst well you're talking about man my mom called me up the other night boy she lit into me about nine o'clock i'm down there reading my bible I'm trying to anyways And the next thing I know, I couldn't even read my Bible, man. She's calling me everything but human. My James Michael, I'm dying, and you don't care. The phone rings, and usually Beth answers it, so I didn't answer it. And, no, don't worry about it. You don't have to answer the phone. I'm I'm just going to die, and nobody cares, and I'm all by myself. My kids don't care. All y'all want is my money. (laughs) And So I have to start feeling bad, and I pick the phone up. (laughs) And she she continues on like I'm not even on the phone. And on and, and on and on and on and on. So I called her back the next morning. She's okay. She said, thank you for calling back. And she goes, she goes, I just got in a bad mood. I was thinking all day by myself here at the house. And that's what the devil does. He just got, I said, Mom, I said, that's what, I said, as she, as she's still trying to work her way to heaven. She can't figure out how to get there. I said, you know what salvation is? It's resting in Christ. I'm resting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary 2000. I'm just resting in it. I got it, man. I got it. I know exactly what I got. So it's not hard for me. I got it. I got it, man. I know he's, he's got it. And if I get to heaven, he throws me into hell. Well, it'll be a shocker then. But right now, I think he's got it. It says, uh, I, I know he's got it. Uh, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know when that day comes, he's got it. And if, if I learn something, if something else happens on the way, I'm like, Lord, but I trusted you. You know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to, he wants you to trust something else and live a, a way that you shouldn't live. And he wants you to live in this flesh, and you're not in this flesh. You're already stuck in it. Satan is alive and well, if you didn't know that. and wants to gain access to your hearts and your minds. And if we let him, we went through a revival, great revival, man. And there was some rough stuff preached that last week in those four days. I tried to get him to preach Sunday because I, I figured I couldn't do anything Sunday because, I mean, where are you going to go past that? And he goes, nope, got to get back. <laughs> so he did and uh, so I, I preached Sunday morning, man. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, you know, really, we, we are yours, and you are ours, and we should be living a completely different life. Do you, have you ever stopped to think why, it says, you shall know them by their fruits, and all you have to do is look how much fruits in your life. You know why there's not a whole lot of fruit, is it? It's because the devil's been nipping away at your life forever, and he's stealing your life one second at a time. And one sec- 60 seconds is a minute. 60 minutes is an hour. 24 hours is a day. And on that phone call today, we were sitting here talking, and I told that lady, she said, well, what is your desires? I said, not to be fat. She goes, no, no, what, you know, is it for your grandkids? I said, no, it's not for the stinking grandkids, it's not to be fat. She goes, well, what? I said, I don't want to be fat. I said, what part of that do you not understand? I said, you're going to charge me to not be fat, and I expect not to be fat at the end of this thing. I said I've tried everything else, and I'll get down to the fifties, and then I'll quit and go back. I said I ain't gonna quit. She goes, but are you gonna stick it out? I said, yeah, man. This is like a med cruise. I left my wife on a pier one time, crying her eyeballs out, and had to get away for six months. Didn't care. Well, I didn't care, but I didn't want her to know because I was a man. You say what is it? It's six months. This is only five. I can do it. I can do it, man. I can do it. I can do five. If I, I got a goal at the end of day, you know why I can survive this thing? Because I got a goal. My goal's heaven. It's not nothing else. I don't have no desire for anything. My goal is heaven, and i got to stay here. You know what I found out the other day? It's a privilege to serve Jesus Christ. People say, I don't know why he left me here so long, because maybe he just trusts you that you're going to give the word of God out. Some people he can't trust. Matthew one. Matthew 4.1. Great story. I'll stop right here. I can stop right here. I can stop anywhere. This is a good place to stop. Matthew 4.1. Brethren, you got, it. I'm gonna put it on you, man. I'm gonna put it on me too. Your life reflects Jesus Christ. And however your life looks to this world, that's the reflection they see. You're the mirror that the world sees. I'm the mirror. And if I don't reflect Jesus Christ the way He should, guess who I'm reflecting? I'm gonna reflect whoever's in this thing. You say, but you're saved. The devil, no, no, the devil, can. I think you can get get possessed, repossessed. They say out of the will of God. No, they ain't no out of the will of God at all, man. There's some wacko crazy people. My dad was possessed. 30 years of my life, uh, well, I was 27 when he turned his heart back over to Jesus Christ. But the 30 years before that, that guy was possessed, man. You said possessed with what? Alcohol, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Oh, it's a disease. It ain't no disease. It's depravity is what it is. And we're all in somewhere in our lives where we're there. but if you got your mind on that path, you know what, you're, you're always trying to shed that stuff and shed that stuff. You know, you'll actually care about people around you. You know what I found out about people who suck on other people? They don't care about nobody around them. All well, they care about themselves. But the Lord tells us that we got to love our brother as ourselves. I'm like, ah, Lord, I said, that's kind of rough. They don't love me. He goes, well, they didn't love me either. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> Matthew 4 1. Then Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And and the the story here, the devil gets him three times. Uh, Down in verse 4, 3 it says, And when the tempter came to him, that's Satan, by the way. If he's willing to try to tempt Jesus Christ, believe me, he's going to come to you. And you're not going to get out of it. He goes, And when the tempter, he said, And when the tempter came, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. It's a physical thing. You've just been out in the wilderness, you're, you're starving to death, all this other stuff. It's just a normal thing, man. It's just, it's like, you know, it's, it's an earthly thing is your flesh. You got to eat. That's the son of God sitting there. And Jesus looks at him and talks to him for a second. But that's what the devil's doing. He appeals to the flesh. You know what's wrong with us? He's appealing to our flesh. In this world today, this thing right here, he's appealing to your flesh. This thing is dangerous. You know what I realize is I may be able to overcome this and handle it because I'm a communications tech and I've done it forever and I've teared the thing down and I know what the value is. But a young, young baby Christian can't. And they get sucked into that thing. And if I'm the cause they got sucked into that thing and they can't get out of it, then I destroyed their lives. They, they will take something. You know what I've learned in 43 years? I'm going to write a book one of these days. If I ever write a book, I probably won't. But some things I have learned. I have learned that whatever I do, people will do it greater or worse than I do it by, by a factor of about 10. I've watched people do a whole lot better than me and I've watched people do a whole lot worse than me by what I do. And they'll take what I do and they'll justify their actions and they'll go way down the tubes. I had a young man sitting in my uh, house last night asking me some questions about a career path. And he made a choice, and he said, I, didn't, I, I told him, I said, brother, you got to do what you got to do. I said, I'm on your side. And he goes, you know, I was driving down the road, and he goes, and it's like the Lord told me no. And I was sitting there going, he goes, no. And it was a pretty good choice of a, a career path, except it was going to take him out of church. And he knew it. And he goes, the Lord said no. And he goes, brother, he said, preacher, he goes, uh, all of a sudden I thought about somebody else. did that same thing. He goes, it's you. He goes, because you did that and you told your story. He goes, I was sitting there and he goes, man, that's the same thing. Mike, that's the same thing. And he made the right decision for him. And hopefully that's the right decision. He's going to move on in life with that thing. And you said, what is it? It doesn't matter whether you get rich or you don't. I took, I took two, I had some 20s in my pocket, which I rarely don't have. But in this case, I did. And I laid two of them down on the table. And I said, what are those? And he goes, they're $20 bills. I said, uh, what's the difference? He goes, there ain't. I said, you're right. I said, so you can make $20 one way, or you can make $20 the other way. It's still $20. I I said, the flesh will tell you to do it this way. And sometimes you'll have to compromise to do that that way. The Lord will do it this way, and you don't have to compromise nothing. Actually, the Lord will do it right down your path, and you don't have to compromise nothing. What people will do is they'll try to trick you and tempt you to go their way, and they're being led by the devil right there on the spot, man. I'm telling you, this thing is its the bread. You're hungry. You've been gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Aren't you hungry? Here, turn and say, it'll be okay. It appeals to the, the promise. It appeals to the flesh. Number two, you go down to verse uh, 5, and then the devil taking him up into holy city, into church, man, takes him to church. You know, most of the time you'll sin right in church. You're like, I'm just ready for him to shut up. Don't he know it's Wednesday night? It's 8.01 p.m. We just had spring forward. We lost already an hour. Now we're going to lose another one. Doesn't he realize that? Does he care? No. i tell you, I don't. My captain on the ship, I told Dr. Peacock, he just busts out laughing. Dr. Peacock would be an admiral to me on a ship. Captain on the ship, man, we'd go across, when you go from New York all the way, or Norfolk all the way over to the Mediterranean, you cross the date line about five or six times. And uh, at at nighttime, on the way over, he would wait till the middle of the night to go across that line. He would come, (laughs) if we got there in the middle of the day, he would be over here doing circles. In the middle of the night, when you go to bed, he'd go across that line, so you'd lose an hour of sleep. <laughs> I'm like, what a captain, yes! That's my kind of hero. I like him. On the way back, guess what he would do? He'd wait till the middle of the night to cross that line. No, he'd wait in the middle of the day so that way he could get another hour out of you during the day. You say, well, that's a good captain. He knew exactly what was going on in his ship and he maximized the amount of hours he could get out of you and minimized the amount of hours you had. He's like the devil. <laughs> but he's a good captain. Jesus Christ sitting here, he says, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands he shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. That's that's, that's Bible, by the way. Go back to Psalms. That's actually written. That's a prophecy to Jesus Christ about him. But the devil used it, tried to use it against Christ. You know he'll use the Bible against you? I don't care what you do for the Lord Jesus Christ. What you do don't count. It's what you are. It's what you are. Jesus Christ looks at him and says, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. There's an old, old preacher one time, uh, he was talking about, he goes, uh, people suffer from frustrated ambitions. And that's, that's a lot of time. He appeals to the promise or approval of others. You know what's wrong with us? It's a peer pressure. We, we want everybody's approval. Jump off that tower, man. Just jump off, man. Come on. Everybody will believe you because you'll come floating down. It's like walking on water. I never, I tell you honestly, I never tried to walk on water. I know I skied on water. I've skied on icy water. Uh, but I've never tried to walk on water because I know I'm going to sink. So I could not even believe that preacher saying that he was trying to walk on water. But if you've tried that, I mean, great. I'm sure by now you know you can't do that. Uh, and I know that if I jump off a building, I'm going to splat like a bug on the bottom of the ground down there. That's just exactly what I, I've done it. I've done it. I fell off swing sets. I fell off buildings. I, I fell out here, and Mike was sitting there. Like, That's your brothers, man. You know your brothers really care about you a lot. I'm sitting out here. Mike's working over there He in eye shot, and the ladder slides down. I hit the gutter, and all the gutter dust goes into my eyes. And I'm like, I can't see. Is that Jesus out here? Lord, give me back my sight. Who is that over here? Mike's over here. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Master, don't want to hear you. Shut up. I'm sitting there trying to see, man. And he's still up there working on the house. And I'm walking down. I know, I know, I don't have no stick or nothing. But I know the side of the church is there. And if I can just find the door, I can get in. And if I can get in, I can get to the bathroom, wash my, geez. he didn't come one time to help me, man. He goes, I love you. I'm like, really? I think he was just laughing too hard over there. He couldn't, he couldn't get to me in time. I didn't waste a lot of time. But you know you're always looking for approval from somebody else. You're not going to get approval in this world. If you're looking for approval, you're, you're looking at the your, your approvals should come from God, come from Jesus Christ, not anybody else. Jesus Christ, you know what the devil's trying to do is get him to do something. Oh, just fall down. They'll all see you. No, they won't. They come up to the cross and said, come down from there. You, you say, oh, he saved others, but he can't save himself. They were mocking him. You know what that is? That's, that's a bunch of people who don't want, want nothing to do with God. They don't have a desire for God at all, zero, none, zero. No matter what you do, the world, he told him, he says, ye are of your father the devil. Now that will either offend you or get your heart in an area where you need to get right. He told Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. That's the the first pope. Satan, Satan was the first pope of the Catholic Church. I mean, he still is the Pope of the Catholic Church, as a matter of fact. But, but if you sit there and look at all that stuff, the Lord says some really hard things. You know what he's trying to do is get your attention. We're not animals. We're not dogs. We're not cats. We're not lions. We're not, we're, not, we're not donkeys. We're people. And he's got a place for us to see, and he wants us to see it. He tries to get him jumped down. He says, hey, man, they'll believe you. If you just jump down, they'll believe you. No, they won't. That's a lie. What Satan is trying to do is get Christ to do some things early than when he should. Jesus Christ ain't going to do that. You know what he knew? He knew exactly what he needed to do. I like this last one. Uh, In 9, he says, uh, verse 9, Matthew 4, 9, he says, All these things will I give thee, Satan, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. How bad do you want stuff in this world? You know, we're in a dangerous place, man. We're in a dangerous place for thousands of years. uh, People lived in huts and outhouses and everything else, and now all of a sudden we got all the modern conveniences and we strive for those things. That was not so. The birds have nests, the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. Jesus Christ had no place to lay his head. He always found a place, but he never had a place. He never bought anything. That's God. That's God manifest in flesh. He never had nothing. He said, "Well, Mike, you got a house. Yeah, I built that thing, and I, 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 it's been a, it's been a blessing. I got to use it for the Lord, but I ain't got a lot of money in it." The devil, the devil. Let me get here. I got a couple of things I want to say about these things. That's the present, presentation, the pretension. It appeals. The appeal here is to the desire and ambition. When he says, "I'll give you the kingdoms of the world," they are his to give. Everything that, he, that the, the father of this, the god of this world, is Satan. They are his to give. But I like to we'll take your Bible, Let's go to Revelation real quick, and I'll, I'll end it right here. Bob Jones Senior said, "Do right." Do right, do right. The hardest thing is to wait, man. Is to wait, wait, wait. I say upon the Lord, wait. Do the right thing. Revelation eleven fifteen, and the seven angels, seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, "The kingdoms of, of our Lord and of His Christ." Oh, and, uh, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. There it is, right there. That's where he's getting them. You know what Jesus Christ did? He waited. And he waited for the right time. Revelation 11:15. 15. He waited for the right time. He worked his way up through the, the changes like he did everything else. He waited to the right time. And when the right time came, there it is. He's getting it. You know what Satan wants to do sometimes is get you to get something or strive for something, and you're wasting moment after moment. But it's just a couple moments, but a couple moments turns into a second. A couple seconds turn into a minute. A couple minutes turn into an hour. A couple hours, and it's all gone. I was talking to that lady today, and we were sitting there talking. I said, Lady, I, I said, Ma'am, I said, I've gained 30 pounds over uh, 94, 2004, 14, 24, almost 30 years. I gained about two pounds a year. Doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it's 60 pounds. needs to go. She said, You're absolutely right. What's your goal? 60 pounds? Beyond that, 60 pounds. And what do you want to do after that? I want to keep it off. She goes, well, and she starts explaining all the fat and all. I'm telling you, brother, that stuff is insane. I don't care about none of that stuff. You know, I got a Bible sitting here. I thank God I didn't have to write the Bible. I thank God that I didn't have to sit uh, in some university out there and get all the degrees that I needed that one day the Lord could use. I thank God he used them. But I I thank God I didn't have to be one of those 54 scholars that took. I thank God I wasn't William Tyndale. And all the training that that man had to have and all the Greek and everything else he had to have. So he could put a Bible together so that those 54 scholars could take that thing and finish it up so I could sit here one day. I'm glad I I wasn't Gutenberg. And have to invent the printing press so this thing could be printed. Could you imagine this thing handwritten? And what the value of that book would be if it was still handwritten. When Gutenberg made the press, do you ever thank God for what he's done? I don't have to know all that stuff to pick up a King James Bible and read it. I thank God that he took the time to show me personally that the King James Bible is the word of God. That's a personal uh, uh, realization from God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit showed me that book's the word of God. I don't need Greek, I got it. I don't need Hebrew, I got it. I don't have much of it, but I got it. At least it says on my report card that I got it. You know what I needed? I needed just the Lord to tell me, Mike, that's what it is. And one of these days, you're going to come to heaven, and you're going to get everything that, that is, you, you deserve. <laughs> like, mm, mm, mm. I don't know about you, man, but I get scared about walking through those pearly gates. I don't care if Michael and Gabriel on both sides. Say, come on in. Come on. You know what they want to do? Uh, I, I refuse. I was in the Navy. I'm done here. I was in the Navy, and, and we went across the, uh, the uh, equator, thank you, and they got a thing called shellback, and so you get your little uh, pin and everything that's your shellback. I never got one, because I, I refused to do it. Uh, the end of that thing, they run you through stuff, and they beat you up. They, they take little things and whip you all over the place through the whole thing, and they treat you like plebes or, or, or I forget exactly what they called us. And at the end of that thing, they'd pick the fattest guy because back then you could actually be fat and still stay in the Navy. But they'd get the fattest guy on the ship and they'd rub his belly with grease. And then they'd take a cherry and stick it in his belly button. And you had to crawl up to him and get that belly button, that cherry out of that guy's belly button. And I ain't going to kiss nobody's belly for anybody, man. And then when you go up like that, he, he's got your face, and you go to stick your face in it, and then he grabs the back of your head and rubs it all around, and you can't get away because he's big and fat, and you're stuck, and you're just getting your face rubbed in his big old fat belly. And uh, I'm like, I ain't going to do that, man. I'm a Christian. I'm above that. I, and that's something that everybody, everybody, all you hear most say, oh, man, I got shell back. I got shell back. Really? I said, I ain't going to do that. I said, my Lord and Savior died for me, and this body is his. And I've done some things I should have never done, and I made a look bad. but I am not going to do something like that. My senior chief looked at me and said, Mike, what you're going to do is you're going to go up to eat ET job, and you're going to shut up, and you're going to stay right there until this is all done. <laughs> and he goes, and you don't have to do this. I said, thank you, senior. And I went up here, you know, that guy got me a job. He was the guy that got me the job when I got out of the Navy. He's the guy that helped set me up. You know why he did that? He said, Mike, you came on the ship as a sailor, But you came on this as a Christian, and you've never put that thing on, and you've never let that get in your way of being a sailor, and you were one of the best sailors I ever met. I sit down on the the flight deck one day, sleet, snow, I mean, it's just miserable, man. Pray to I was about ready to start cussing in Jesus' name. I'd have done done something. It would have been a holy cuss. It would have been something. But I'm sitting on line three, and for two or three hours, we're out there coming into Newport, Rhode Island, and it is freezing cold. And that wind is whipping across that ocean, and we're all sitting there. And i got about six guys on line three. And so when we pull up to the pier, but you can't even see the pier yet. Why, It's captain He just hates us. He's full of the devil. And he has us all standing out there in whites, freezing to death. And we're all going to be icicles by the time we pull in. And I'm about ready to scream and yell. And, and I'm just about ready to blow up. They've already all blowed up, but I'm trying to hold it. And I hear the door open up. And I look over there, man. And it's Senior Chief Franklin comes out there and he stands right next to me. He says, hey, Mike, how's it going? I said, Senior, good. Shut up, you bunch of whiny crap. babies. And uh, all of a sudden, I got my second win. and uh, another hour and a half later, we pull into port. We all catch pneumonia, but we survived it because I'm here today. And you know what? That old guy still, still cared for me after I did what I did. It set a precedence in that man's life. You know, that guy would trust me with his life because of a testimony. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to destroy everything about you. And if he can't destroy you, he wants to get you emotionally using up every bit of your time where it should be on you and your family first. It should be on Lord Jesus Christ first and your family. All that stuff has to be tied in there somewhere. And then if you can help somebody, help them. I like Jesus Christ when he walked away. He said, let the dead bury the dead. People get upset with that. I like that, man. You know what that does? Let the dead, you're surrounded by dead stuff everywhere. Just let it go off, roll off. Stay on the path. Find the path. Get on the path. You know what good is? There's none good. No, not one. There's nothing on this planet that's any good. What's good is at the end of the same. And it's, it's not just good, it's great. And it's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question real quick and I'll turn over to prayer. Has the devil got you? Has he? You know it's a fight to make sure he doesn't get you. He'll get you in your mind. He'll get you in your flesh. He'll get you desiring something that you shouldn't have. You may have something that he already gave you that you wish you didn't have like a husband or wife (laughs) or kids. Kids, I like grandkids. Grandkids are great because they always go home with their parents. The only bad part about it is now, the parents of our grandkids are wanting us to keep them. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. And the kids are getting big enough where they want to stay. Little Alex would come over and say, Mom, are y'all going to leave? Mamaw can't babysit us till you leave. They want them to go, man. They don't even want them around no more. That's sad, man. You know what that means? That means responsibility. That means vacation time. Me and beth got to go on vacation, so we ain't home. <laughs> Pretension, the appeal to desires of ambition. That last one was, I'll give you, I'll give you. Somebody say, I'll give you something? And you say, oh, only if you, ambition will get you. Old preacher used to say, and I wrote this down, some people have frustrated ambitions. I mentioned that. What we want to do in the flesh is take a shortcut. There ain't no shortcuts, by the way. There ain't no shortcuts. Everything is right down that path. And just like me sitting in front of that NIS agent, I knew that my life could be over right there as a Navy career. But the Lord said, do it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what the Lord said to do. You want to get something quicker than you should, and you get it the wrong way. Uh, there's a lot of people get stuff the wrong way and they don't know how to, and once you get it, it's like a tiger by the tail, man, or you get a tiger by the ears, a dog by the ear. They say, if you grab a dog, I would never get that close to a barking dog at me. I would want to shoot him or kick him or something, but a big old dog, you grab the ears and you you can't let go of either ear. The moment you do, you're going to get this arm bit or that arm bit or your face bit. You, once you get a hold of something, sometimes you can't let go of that thing. Bypassing the right way or deviating from a set course to achieve the desired goal. Jesus gets his goal at the end, and he knows exactly where he's going to get it. You know what the devil tries to do is appeal to his flesh. And you know what this world will do is it'll appeal to your flesh, and you will think there's nothing wrong with having anything. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having anything. I'm saying it's wrong to get it the wrong way. Because what you're going to do is you're going to get that the wrong way, and then you're going to think, I can get the next thing the wrong way too, and the next thing, and it's going to eat your time up. The whole thing here is it's eating your time. And, brethren, you've got just minute periods of time, that's it. Mark Haddon, a friend of mine, I keep telling you I'm done, I'm a liar. Uh, Mark Haddon uh, had a friend, didn't hear from him four or five days, four days, something like that. They went over the trailer. The police went over there and found him, found him dead in his, in his trailer, dead. Four days, had a massive heart attack laying there. Uh, that shook him up. It should. You know why? Because Mark didn't know if he was saved or not. I've been around people before, and I hope they know that I, I care about them enough to tell them about Jesus Christ. And I, I look for a way to find an opening to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I don't have the time to play anymore. I really don't have the time to play. I got rid of a house. I got rid of. I'm, I'm getting rid of stuff out of my life that is not on that path. If it fits on that path, I'll keep it. If I can find it in this book, I'll keep it. But if it don't fit on that path, I don't care who it is or what it is. It needs to go away because what it's doing is just stealing your moments, and that's Satan. Real live Satan robbing your time father. Thank you for your blessings tonight uh, Lord didn't get nowhere near started in this yet The father I just pray to you to open our eyes to what we're in we're in a battle zone uh, This thing over Ukraine and Russia the Lord it has nothing. It doesn't even hold a candle to this battle. We're in uh, Lord this battle we're in is anywhere we go. Uh, we can't hide. We can't do anything It's there with us and Lord we need to realize it's there and, and just like Joe because uh, where is the way uh, the way of wisdom, the way of understanding, uh, Lord, it's not easy to find with most people. Lord, help us to see it. Uh, Lord, help us to realize that we're in this battle, and and Lord, Paul all through there told us that we're we're wrestling with our adversary, the devil, and Lord, he is you you wrestled with him, and we're going to wrestle with him. Peter wrestled with him. Everybody else, and Lord is just he's just going to steal our time. Help us to see that, Lord. Help us to redeem, uh, redeem the time, uh, for the days are evil. Lord, help us to do that, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.